This podcast is a product of the 4th and Inches Network. A podcast network designed to keep Husky fans up to date on their favorite programs around UW. Enjoy the show and go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Husky Nation, it's the end of the third quarter. Are you looking for the perfect tequila for your next get-together? The answer is born from a hero. Hero de Leon. Direct from the prestigious Merguilla family just outside Guadalajara honoring their great-grandfather who saved Mexico from a horrible civil war. It's authentic, courageous, with great integrity, just like the general. Enjoy the smoothest Blanco tequila you've ever tasted, or the rich flavor of our Reposado, aged for seven months in American bourbon barrels. Or the ultimate tequila, our Añejo, which is aged for 18 months in the same bourbon oak barrels. Go to your favorite liquor retailer or restaurant and ask for Hero de Leon because it's always the end of the third quarter. Imported by Zombie Beverages, Mercer Island, Washington. Hey, Husky fans. This is UW Leah and Evie Mason back with another episode of Pick and Roll. Uh, today, we're going to basically highlight the WNIT, um, which was very, very successful for the Huskies. Uh, just to recap really quick, the Huskies made it all the way to the Fab Four. Um, First, with uh, their first one was over San Francisco, 61-46. Then New Mexico, 67-50. So, excuse me, 67-56. Then over Kansas State, 55-48. And uh, over Oregon, thank God, 63-59. And then, uh, unfortunately, lost to Kansas, 36-61. to That was kind of a blowout, but it was pretty tough for them. They were away, and Kansas is a great team. Uh, to start, I guess, uh, Leah, what stood out to you in this just overall in this whole tournament and what, um, what do you think is going to like carry over in terms of like areas of improvement for the Huskies moving into next season? Yeah, great question. I really think that coming off of, gosh, this was five years having not gone to the postseason, um, winning one or two games would have probably been a really big step for this program to make it to the fab four winning four games of course all of them were on our home court but it doesn't really matter you still have to play the game I was really impressed by every single game the Huskies were down and in some games sometimes they were down by double digits and their ability to make coaching adjustments to make um, you know different plays throughout the course of the game to win the game and to do the the plays necessary to win was a huge growth moment for the team. Um, continued improvement of Lele and Ella Dean. Um, super happy to see that. And then just uh, the full, the improvement of uh, someone like Haley Van, Haley Van Dyke, who has been with the program. This is her fifth or sixth year and really showing the huge growth under a great coach. And just the chemistry that we all see the girls have together when they play, they have such joy and love for each other and their chemistry is palpable. And I think that is why they had the sustained run because I'm going to be really honest with you. There are some teams out there that we played that we don't have as much talent as they do. We don't. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that K-State, Oregon, for sure, Kansas, they have such amazing talented teams and they're pretty well coached too that, um, you know, those were battles. We had to really uh, coach, out-coach them and outplay them. But I think the love and um, and just the, the chemistry that the kids have for each other really shine through. And I think that 
we are losing a lot of players on this team, but as we can talk about further, um, a, we have also a lot of young talent, not only currently on the roster, but coming in. So I, I remain really hopeful. And I think that the key cogs in our starting lineup are going to really thrive. And over the summer, they're going to get even better. I'm really confident and hopeful about that. Yeah. I I was kind of in the same like mind frame during this whole tournament. Like we knew that they would that would they were bound to make some progress in this tournament, but I really don't think anyone expected them to get this far. So it it really just exceeded everyone's expectations. But I I guess um kind of going off of what you were saying, how they were bound to run into the teams that were just more talented than them. I'm assuming you would think you would say that Kansas is one of those. Um, yeah. What do you, I guess what, what stood out to you in that game? What went right or what went wrong? Or yeah. was it what you expected? I, I honestly wasn't expecting a dub in that game, but. Yeah. <laughs> it, no. it and, and Kansas well. went on to win the whole thing. So yeah. like clearly exactly. like, no shame in that loss. Um, What I, what I do, what I am, not necessarily frustrated about, but what I would like to see improved over next year. And Alyssa touched on this the last podcast is you just can't go into a gym, including your own and shoot 0% from three. You just can't do that. Um, We have got to shoot 30%, maybe more next year. And that, that is not a mark that we hit this year. And considering how many games we came up, even this year, just shy of, of taking care of some really amazing wins if we just get to that number and I fully believe we are capable of doing that, the Huskies are going to be really special next year. And by that, I mean, they're going to be tournament bound NCAA tournament bound. It's something it's that quick of a fix. The Huskies are undersized and they out rebounded Kansas by I think 13. That is amazing. Kansas has a, a deep and tall front line and the Huskies are incredibly athletic and they just work hard. And that's the kind of, um, attitude and culture value that I see evident no matter who the Huskies play. So I want to take that and build upon the the talent that I know we have. We have some kids on this team that are absolute buckets, Ella Dean being one of them, and we're going to get some kids in next year that I hope are also going to, by the time we roll into mid-conference play, be very confident shooters. But um, we really, we really can't afford to have performances like we saw consistently throughout the conference season of poor distance shooting. We just, we can't run the Princeton offense and not have shooters. It doesn't work effectively that way. People are going to be able to pack down low and double team Lele and, and it just throws everything off. So that's my big hope, my big area improvement that also Alyssa touched on in our last podcast. Mm-hmm. And then just continuing to, outwork people like rebounding is a function of effort so is defense and those are two things that the huskies for the most part have been consistently good at you lose a game and you give up 61 points i'm okay with that you lose a game and you score 36 points less okay with so um yeah just you know you hit three or four three-point shots you put 12 more points on the board in a game that you lost by 25 it's it's a closer game so um yeah i just just the be reasonably improved three-point shooting and continued success with rebounding would be like probably my two goals for next year. So obviously they're losing a couple of seniors next year. Haley Van Dyke, uh, Trinidad Oliver, Darcy, Darcy Rees, uh, 
TT Watkins, Emma Brohaus, um, they're I, I they're all seniors, so that is actually more than I thought. But um, they've been they've averaged eighty one minutes of playing time per game, so that's two hundred minutes total. Who do we think is going to fill those time gaps going to next year? Like who's or, or especially like Van Dyke, Van Van Dyke and Oliver. Who do you think is going to fill their shoes? Basically, I think the biggest candidate. I don't think that we can start the season and not have Eladine in the starting lineup. Oh, yeah. She is an absolute bucket and you need to have your most potent offensive threats on the court when the game tips off. I do think we're still going to see Schwartz and Daniels. Um, I wonder if we're going to start um, Hannah Steins instead of Jada Noble or potentially one of the freshmen. I do think at least one freshman will start. Yeah. It's a question of, um, will, will it be Daniels, Schwartz, Ladine, Noble, and Steins, or will or will one of us Steins or Nobles sit in, in place of, and have a freshman in there? I don't know. Um, I do think everyone's going to get increased minutes. Um, I, I do also think that we are very hopefully going to get at least one, potentially hopefully two kids from the portal that are post players. We do have a kid coming in who's six foot six. Olivia Anderson, um, but kids who are tall who come in as freshmen tend to be pretty raw in, in actually both men's and women's basketball. And so expecting a whole lot of, from her on either side of the ball would be a little bit unfair. So I'd like to see somebody come in. So to give her time to grow, to grow into her game and then see court time would be ideal. But I do anticipate Ella Dean, I think, is averaging something like 12 to 13 minutes a game now. Right. Anticipate yeah. it being more like 20 to 25. And that's yeah. going to be a function of her ability to stay out of foul trouble and make good decisions. Um, I, I, what I love about Elle is her confidence does not waver if she's shooting 1 of 12 from the field or 8 of 12 from the field. And you need that in a shooter. You need a short memory. Um Less so with Hannah Steins. She tends to get a little bit in her head and worried about making mistakes. So um, we need to have full confidence and just the tenacity on the court to start the game. Um, and, you know, Jada Noble might be really great off the bench. She is just, she's such an energizer bunny. She's the heart and soul of the team. And having that spark off the bench might really help. And she might be better suited starting. I don't know. But um, everyone's going to get more minutes, particularly the guards. Um, and we we do need help with posts. So I'm hoping that the coaching staff is on the lookout for that. But I anticipate everyone's going to get at least a couple more minutes. Um, I anticipate someone like Tegan Brown getting a lot more minutes. Um, she is somebody that she didn't see a whole lot of court time in the WNIT. But I really hope she doesn't transfer because she has so much potential in her. And um, she's an exciting player to watch because she makes things happen when she's on the court. So I anticipate her being bumped up into the rotation with the graduation of so many seniors. So, um, and I anticipate all the freshmen getting a lot of time next year because it's just never a bad thing to have multiple ball handler, ball handlers, which we can always use. So yeah. that one girl, Ari Long, who's also from California, whose forte is three-point shooting and boy, do we need that. So hope she is as good as advertised. Can't wait to have her. Oh Yeah. Um, I guess overall, I mean, during this tournament, at least who, um, who stood out to you the most? I mean, I, I guess I would have to say Ladine because like you were saying, she, um, even when it seemed like some of our like veteran seniors 
kind of got into ruts like she would still like you said not the confidence didn't go away and quite honestly it paid off obviously so I, I don't know if anyone else particularly like made any leaps during this tournament or stood out to you that you want to mention yeah um what stood out to me was in crunch time when the game was in the balance against the ducks um a couple of weeks ago El Ladine was given the ball. It wasn't Haley Van Dyke. It wasn't Schwartz. El mm-hmm. Ladine was the go-to player. And that I think is going to carry over into next year. And it's going to serve her really well to be trusted in those moments and come through. Additionally, Lele averaged a double-double and um, she just works so hard down low. She gets tough boards um, and she isn't always the tallest kid on the court, but she has a knack for putting herself in position to make good things happen. And that's going to continue to, to happen next year. One area of improvement that I'd love to see from Lele. And I think we talked about this in previous pods is at the top of the key. She's got to be able to confidently take that shot and hit it. Um, I, I, I think that moving forward as she becomes um, a senior, hopefully in the next couple of years, um, making herself marketable to the WNBA would be a three point shot for someone her size. So um, those are the things that I would, I would hope to see improve from her, but those are the two players that I felt shined brightest in the WNIT, but it was just really fun to watch L be given, given the reins in a big moment against Oregon. And there's nothing quite like beating Oregon. It's just delicious. It always goes down smooth. Um, Okay. I guess to pivot a little bit here. um, So the NCAA tournament championship game was a lot of talk about the officiating um, and two Pac-12 refs were in that game championship game where everyone thought it was just atrociously officiated. Um, any comments on that? Cause I, I know you have a lot to say about that. Um, yeah. I just think that, you know, we've gotten a new commissioner, George Klievkoff, and he has made statements about, how he really values officials and how he really values the brand that the PAC 12 has. And right now, whether or not he chooses to admit it, the PAC 12 is the conference of champions and also the conference of embarrassing officials in all sports. And it needs to change. And I don't see it happening. Um, Those girls playing in that game on the highest stage with um, millions and millions of people watching every single female on that court deserved better than what they got Um, calling Technical fouls on Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark in that moment when it didn't warrant it was ridiculous. And then also not calling a technical on the Louisiana State head coach who was like fully on the court the whole time. Again, like, I I don't know what you're looking at. Like she made contact with an official, which should be an automatic ejection. So I, I just we can do better. We should do better and we can do better. And it's really confusing to me why we're not. And, um, you know, we also, um, you know, we, I talked about this in some of our football pods that it affects recruiting, having officials this bad. Um, it, it makes kids wonder whether or not the PAC 12 is a place for them. If things are going to be called this way and I can hardly blame them. And the fact that it's not getting better and I'm not sure that it's an identified area of growth for the commissioner, it's just really disappointing. So um, I 
I am almost glad that the nation got to watch what we experience on the daily because now we, everyone knows what we suffer through in every sport. And as Steve Sandmeyer says routinely, when there's comments about bad officiating for women's basketball, as bad as anyone thinks that football and men's basketball are officiated and they absolutely are. It is infinitely worse in women's sports, particularly women's basketball. So um, if you, if you hated what you saw, make noise about it. It's embarrassing and it needs to change. That's it. Yeah, for sure. Um, what I'm backtracking a little bit, but what, (laughs) what, what do, what do we, um, I guess we kind of somewhat touched on this one, not too much. What are we like, or what are we expecting from the team next year? The Huskies? I mean, what are we expecting from the next year? And just, I don't know. How do, how do you think they're going to fare? Like, in the Pac-12 too that's kind of like weird to think about because yeah (laughs) I would think like oh they're gonna be like they're gonna be ranked so much higher but like I keep forgetting how good everyone is in the pack so like I don't know yeah it's a good question um of course ESPN comes out with their way too early preseason rankings like the day after the national championship and um I think they had for the top 25 they had Utah number two which as good as I think Utah is, I think that's high because they put UConn at number one and LSU at number three, which was confusing. Um, And then they put, I think UCLA and Stanford in the top 10. And then um, I think they, they had Oregon in the top 15 at at some point. um, And then Washington state at number 25 and they had Washington receiving votes in some, somewhere between like 26 and 29, which speaks to how people saw what they did in the WNIT. They also saw the Huskies this year, take down Stanford. Um, They saw, they saw us play Oregon really tough four times. And um, they also see that the work that Tina and staff are doing on the recruiting trail. So I think that speaks to how strong this conference is right now. I think my way too early conference rankings are go Utah, UCLA, Stanford, Colorado, Washington State, Washington. I think Washington finishes sixth the next year. Um, and that's a product of a couple of things going on in the conference. Arizona had sort of a, another mass transfer year. I think they've had like four or five kids transfer as well as they're graduating their almost their entire starting lineup. So having a lot of turnover. And then just in the last 24 hours, it looks like Oregon's two starting guards, Tahina Pow Pow and India Rogers are both going to transfer. So um, Oregon before that came out was predicted to be in the top 15. I do not think in any oh. person would put them in the top 25 at this point. So um, just by proxy of the fact that they do not have enough, they don't have a point guard anymore. And um, you know, people are probably starting to scratch their head and wonder what's going on in, going on in Eugene. I know I am. So um mm-hmm. That's a little strange, but as far as the bottom half of the conference is kind of a crapshoot, I think USC, despite like, yes, they have a lot of talent. They have a lot, they had a lot of uh, grad transfers last year. So a lot of those girls are leaving um, USC, um, Arizona, Arizona state, Oregon, Oregon state, and Cal are kind of all in that mix. But I think that the sustained recruiting success and the success of being in the WNIT and kids hopefully knock on wood staying at Washington under, under the staff will propel Washington in the top half of the conference and hopefully being sixth 
will be enough potentially to get the Huskies into the NC2A tournament. And wouldn't it be great to win a game in the NCAA tournament, something the Cougs still have never done. So. Yeah. Um, the, there are a couple of, or Arizona and Oregon, there is some, just to go more into detail about that. Yeah. Some like drama kind of going on there about like transfers, not drama, but I don't know. Like you're more of the expert on that. <laughs> <laughs> like, um. Yeah. I just, you know, Kelly Graves in his 2020 class, he had five state players of the year coming into Oregon and they had the number one rated recruiting class. And now with the departure of Tahina Pow Pow, all five of them have left Oregon. Yeah. Um, And I, I just think that on the heels of a, a generational talent like Sabrina Ionescu, I would have hoped that they would have been able to build on that. And it does not look like that to be the case. It'll be interesting to see where those kids land in um, Pow Pow and Rogers. But um, the fact remains that even if you take these two kids out of the equation, it's been happening routinely for the last couple of years. So um I, I don't know. I think that if he keeps his job in this offseason, he probably has one more year to figure out chemistry problems. But um, it's really evident they have a lot of talent, but they have not been able to gel. They have yeah. they I mean, Grace Van Sluten, Chance Gray, all those kids are just they're incredibly talented kids with range and they're super dynamic, but they have not figured out how to pull which strings to make each other effective. And I don't, I don't see the bond and the love that they have for each other, the way that I see at UW and we've been able to watch Oregon live several times against Washington this year. So um, yeah, I hope they, I mean, it's good for the conference when, when all of us are doing well, even if it's Oregon. So I, I, I want those young ladies to have the best experience that they can. And if they're transferring, that means that they're not. So that doesn't make me happy. Um, and then Arizona, I can't quite figure out what's going on there either. They've had a lot of transfers lately. And um, this year was kind of confusing for them because they had kind of a mediocre year and they were playing kids that were uh, grad transfers instead of their really highly rated recruits. And now those kids are going to leave because they weren't getting their playing time. So just kind of a lesson that you need to make sure that, you know, I know that coaching is incredibly difficult, but there's a lot of ego managing that that needs to happen and, kids need to be playing. You know, I, I understand that grad transfers come to play, but also your freshmen are coming to play too. And you actually have a lot more to lose if you don't play a freshman, at least a little bit. So. Great. Awesome. Well, um, just to cap off, I'd say that honestly, everything kind of turned out as great as we thought it could have. Like, um, I know there was a point where we we were like hoping the Huskies would like miraculously make it into the tournament, like the NCAA tournament. But honestly, the what they did making it to the final or Fab Four, it's called. Um, they honestly garnered so much respect from people, and it's just like a it's such a good look. And if we had like made the tournament and gotten blown out the first game, which probably would have happened, um, I I just feel like everything worked out for the best. Um, but yeah, anyways, um. Unless you have anything else you want to add, Leah. Um, no, just just super happy that we had a lot of a lot of people turn out for that last Oregon game, uh -huh. and um, we had a lot of people come support um, the regional that was at Climate Pledge this year. And there is a really strong market for collegiate women's basketball, and 
Um, the kids are going to get better this, this next year. So anyone's listening to this, please just come out and support the team whenever you can, because they haven't lost a game at home. I think in like, I want to say six to eight weeks now, and they're going to carry that over to next year. So with any hope, we're going to have a really strong season next year, um, have a winning record in Pac-12 and um, go dancing for the first time in six years next year. We break that streak. So I second that. They're really going places. So please support any way you can. Um, yeah, this is UW Leah and Evie Mason. Um, thank you for listening. Go dogs. Go dogs. Get new refs. <laughs>